What is up, everybody? This is Tamaran, aka Hylet, and this is Thanks for Playing, the podcast where we break down the most iconic video games and every now and again, the most iconic movies about video games the world has to offer. <laughs> so, you might be wondering, why is Timuron leading this episode? Where's our favorite host, Madden Lucas, the creative minds behind TFP? Well, I'm super excited to announce that we're doing an awesome episode tonight where instead of being the main dudes of the podcast episode, we're actually going to talk to them as guests on their own podcast because that's mm-hmm. right. Matt Lucas and producer Sam, who's also on the call, are the creatives behind a new indie comedy titled The Self, which is premiering this weekend at the Burbank Film Festival. So, boys, welcome to your own podcast. How are you feeling? How are you doing? <laughs> What's up? What's up? You know, it's uh, Burbank International oh, Film Festival. Excuse me. That's important. I just want to kind of correct you right there hey, off yeah. the bat. And our, our, guy, Sam, I I guess our film is technically playing on a Thursday, so it's... This week, it's a long weekend. It's it's, it's long weekend. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll accept the weekend part of it. Okay, Um, Tim, I just want to say you you crushed the intro there, man. How'd that feel? How'd that feel? Um, I got a rush, bro. I was like, I know, right? This is what you want to yell a little bit every week. I want to yell every time you're not here, dude. (laughs) It it feels so like wrong to hear it and then just have silence. So you know, (laughs) I know, I, I, I feel, I felt a little weird at the end there, but. I did yeah. too. I almost wanted to say like insert Matt yell here, but you're on the episode, so I just thought that'd be I thought about it. Thunder weird. like that. He might yell later. Yeah, yeah, yeah you can honestly. yell at me later. That that works. <laughs> um, cool. So, as I mentioned, the boys here are going to be talking about their new film, The Self. So before we dive in and get to hear about their process and their inspiration, I'm going to drop a quick synopsis. So we're all kind of on the same page moving forward. So in case you've missed the self on socials, um, Discord, which we'll talk a tiny bit about later, um, the self is written by Lucas and directed and edited by producer Sam. And it's a story about a day in the life of a competitive video game tournament. In a grimy, sweaty house, we find our hero, the titular self, played by newcomer Matt Rockavy, locked in a heated battle with not only the people around him, but the voices in his head and the controller in his hand. The self explores what means what it means to compete, win, and perhaps most importantly, lose. So without diving into any other spoilers or details, let's talk about the film. So honestly, just so we kind of get a sense, we know and love you as the voices behind Thanks for Playing. We know you are super smart about video games and everything surrounding <laughs> video Sometimes. game culture and industry. Sometimes we are. Hey, some, someone clip that some, for me specifically. <laughs> I was going to say, some of us might have takes that we disagree on, but that's not the time or place. Um, not the time or place. I really want to kind of get to know all of you as filmmakers first and foremost, because that's what you're representing today is this whole other side that I don't think we have the pleasure of really interacting with. So... I would love if you all just took a moment to just talk about yourselves as filmmakers and creators in this industry. So a little bit about your background, your experience in film, other projects you have done, mm-hmm. um, and anything relating to film. So Lucas, why don't we start with you and yeah. we'll round Robin. Yeah, 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 I can kick it off. Um, so, hey everybody, this is so weird getting interviewed on <laughs> TFP like Dude, this. So this it is feels great. weird. Hi, I'm Lucas. Side. Uh, <laughs> so, um, for those of you that don't know, and you know, maybe people have been listening to the um, to the podcast for a while, um, you know, 
I have been in and around film for many, many years. Um, I was that kid in high school on yearbook. I was that kid with the camera. I was like multimedia on the student council and stuff like that. Um, so I've been shooting and editing video basically since I was 14, 15, something like that. And even earlier than that, if you can count it, I was in our home movies as like the actor when we would shoot home movies back in the day when I was like five or six. You um, made a one man so movie. So it goes back. I made a, a incredible. We'll have to clip the one man movie maybe for social. But I made a one man movie when I was six years old. It has one scene. We'll uh, we'll maybe try and pull that up a little bit later. It's amazing. Um, and. And, um, yeah, you know, we, we have a creative family producer, Sam and I, our brothers, um, for those that don't know, his name is Samuel Luna. That's his full name. And, um, just over three years ago during lockdown and COVID, uh, we started our own personal movie nights. Oh, I also went to school and college studying cinema, television arts. That's a little bit more of my background. Um, mostly studied film critically and, um, did, did a lot of writing and, you know, a little bit of producing back then. Um, but my love for film was reignited during lockdown when producer Sam would come over and we would have our Friday night movie nights, um, and just watch cool stuff. I'd show him a movie one week. He'd show me a movie the next week. And it was kind of all you had back then during, you know, peak lockdown COVID. Right. And then eventually he came to me one of those Fridays and said, Hey, I wrote like a six page script. Um, why don't you read it and read it? Really, really liked it. It was kind of a one-man movie as well. It's just like one person in the movie and um, filmed on our nearby, with the intention of being filmed on our nearby golf course. And uh, we shot it over COVID. We edited it. Uh, it was just me on camera. It was just me doing voiceover and it was both of us editing. Um, and of course, producer Sam holding the camera. And um, I think the bug from there just kept going. The films have gotten bigger. Um, the projects have gotten more ambitious, uh, anything from music videos, which we just shot one a couple weeks ago, short films that we've done. We've now done four short films together in the last three years. Um, and we actually have been in a film festival previously with our last one of our early movies. In fact, that movie just called Memories of Green. Uh, but this is our first time in person at a film festival since our filmmaking journey as collaborators. So it's been a nice little journey for us. And I know I probably talked over a lot of producer Sam's origin story. I think he's got a little <laughs> bit of a different edge, but that was uh, my background there. Awesome. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I don't even need to go. Much? Did I, I, did I reveal too to much? Um, no, I'm just <laughs> okay. um, No, yeah. So uh, I guess I'll go next if that's okay, Matt. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, pretty. that's pretty much how it started. Uh, I think me and Lucas uh, grew up loving movies and watching a lot of the same movies, um, you know, anything from, uh, mighty ducks, uh, to, um, you know, the big green, you know, some of the classics there, but, um, yeah, I, I would say that I, I kind of fell in love with, um, you know, kids movies when we were younger, didn't really understand why and kind of started to watch more, serious films, um, near the end of high school. Um, I think one film that changed my life was, uh, there will be blood. Uh, I saw it like three times, uh, when I was 17 and, uh, you know, that was a moment for me that made me realize how much I loved film and, but also like what a, what a film could be. Um, and I actually come from music. So, I played music for a very long time up until 
2020 when me and Lucas started to collaborate. And then I kind of transitioned into doing more filmmaking and just kind of applying my artistic skills uh, from music into film. And uh, yeah, like Lucas said, we've, we've made four films in the past three years and uh, four short films. And we're kind of on the roller coaster right now, seeing, seeing where it takes us. Uh, we're really happy to be accepted into Burbank International Film Festival. It's our first, I think, international festival, like Lucas said, in person. So, um, yeah, I, I, and I, I'm, I'm a director, um, but mainly I think my strongest skill is editing. Um, so a lot of our films are very um, editor mindset, if, the, if that makes sense. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's been a blessed journey so far and uh we hope to make more films and kind of just see see where you know the ride takes us oh yeah that's dope wait sam it was it's um the self nights memories of of the green or is that what it's called memories of memories green. of green memories of green. what's the fourth Oh, we, we made, made a, a experimental, yeah. yeah, we made an experimental PSA style movie called oh, Destiny okay. um, a little while ago, which is unreleased, but gotcha. it was, uh, we count it, right? It's, it's a good one. It's, it's a totally, good one. Totally what, uh, <laughs> what festival is Memories of Green in? Uh, oh man, it, it was in, in a New York fest. Yeah, yeah, it got into a New York really one, cool. like a smaller one, and then it got into Long Beach, which is uh, like the East Coast Long Beach. I think it's in New Jersey or New York. Yeah, um, not Long Beach, California, guys. I was yeah. like, well, how'd I miss that? <laughs> yeah, so um, that was... So we got into a couple. They were remote. They mm-hmm. were remote at the time, yeah. so they were digital, and um, it was cool. We we actually had a little bit of an interview and a podcast episode on some of that stuff, so Dope. it was nice to get a little bit of recognition for Memories of Green early on. I think we'd, we might want to actually distribute that one, because it's technically premiered. Uh, <laughs> I think people, yeah. some people might want to see it after this, but... Um, I was going to yeah. ask, is there an anthology coming out? Anytime soon, like. <laughs> yeah yeah the early no all of our stuff will probably be released like once we do our first feature the criterion collection edition of it will probably have <laughs> so, all, have of, all our, of our shorts uh, on first four all of our shorts it'll and be stuff like the, kinda, the yeah. orange box kind of yeah exactly <laughs> but for films exactly. yeah exactly yeah. Awesome. exactly we'll write an essay on there favorite films favorite players Ooh. all that stuff <laughs> all right um well, my film origins are much more uninvolved than Lucas <laughs> and Sam's. Um, so modest. <laughs> no, I mean, growing up, I, I probably liked movies, honestly, as much as the next guy. I didn't really start to get more of a taste for movies, I'd say, till around um, maybe 2018 or like 2017. Um, as I was graduating college, I just started getting more interested in general. Um, and honest to God, this is kind of what made me even interested in acting. Um, <laughs> I saw the new Spider-Man, the first one, with Tom Holland, which is Spider-Man Homecoming. And I was funny. just That's like, why. I was like, what the fuck? Like, he's like, my height, just some white dude that climbs. Like, I do all that, and I'm better looking. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wow. like, I can do that, so... I convinced a buddy to go with me to some acting classes um, where I was living in San Diego at the time. And I was like, oh shit, acting's pretty hard. <laughs> um, but that experience made me so much more interested in, in the film process in general, just even getting to go to those basic classes. And then I um, 
had the opportunity to do like a little background work just to even get on a set, which was cool for a short, another short film. And, um, yeah, this is my first real, um, I guess acting opportunity. And I'm very thankful that, um, Sam and Lucas had enough faith in me to do it. It's awesome. We chose you. So, so the self is your breakout, your breakout role. Self is my breakout role. Yes. Yep. I just want to give a quick shout out to producer Sam, uh, I don't know if you can see it, Sam, but I do got that. There will be blood poster still. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have that on your wall. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's a good one. It's super cute. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thanks, man. You're welcome. Um, I just want to say as a viewer, I had an opportunity to watch a screener uh, to prep for this interview. Uh, I'm currently writing a review for the interview that's going to go up on thanksforplaying.live. I oh, have awesome. a little bit of writer's awesome. block. I'm not going to lie. So my, <laughs> it's taking a little longer this than I help. intended, but this is already helping a lot. And just from the get go, boys, I want to say I really enjoyed the film. Um, Thank, you. Thank you. For me, it Thanks really felt like a love letter to competitive gaming. Like we all have had those memories of competing against friends or frenemies, whether it totally. was a tournament or on some fucking sweaty ass couch, shoulder to shoulder, <laughs> and just wanting to beat the dude next to us. So I can tell that there was a lot of, a lot of lived experience that went into this film. Uh, And I just would love to hear more about what inspired you to write and produce this film. And if there's any actual real life events or moments that found their way from, you know, your own personal lives onto the screen. Yeah. Um, I could, I could open it up here for, uh, for the team, but yeah. Um, so the self, I, I've been doing writing kind of as a hobby off to the side, on again, off again, basically the last three years since COVID started and um, just, you know, get off work and had nothing to do. You would just jump on your computer and write some words and see what comes onto the page. Um, and I wrote a short story uh, two years ago called The Self, and uh, it was about my own lived experience going to competitive Super Smash Brothers Project M tournaments in Orange County. Um, the same tournaments that Matt would also go to, and they were uh, tournaments called The Balcony, actually. And uh, any given Friday, in fact, they were every single Friday for many years, for probably two or three years there, um, you could expect maybe 50 to 80 sweaty nerds in this house trying to beat each other at a modded game of Super Smash Brothers Brawl that no one played. That, in fact, during the run of this tournament, during that two or three year period, was actually taken down from the internet. You couldn't even download it. And it kind of became black market Nintendo material. Um, Project M has a really, really interesting story for anybody out there looking to Google it. But that was the game that me and Matt actually competed in quite a bit. Um, I main Marth. Just get that out of the way right now. Uh, Matt, you want to say who you main? I started as a Ness, but I'm, I'm chic these days. I'm a chic uh, yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Both, both pretty dumb. Yeah. Uh, so so Brett, yeah. I used to... Mm. We, we, we can get into it a little <laughs> bit later. Uh, so I, I wrote a short story basically about that. And um, it, it was basically it totally inspired by real events. And what I realized from those tournaments, because Matt and I have not competed competitively in Smash Brothers in, in many, many years now. And uh, one thing upon reflection of that time in my life, which really are the good old days to many of the people that used to attend. Uh, one reflection I had was that, you know, Matt and I were never really that great in the grand scheme of things, right? We'd compete. We'd probably go 0-2 in bracket. Maybe we'd go 2-2 if we got lucky or got a really lucky run or seeding or something like that. But we were never really that great. And the thing that I loved the most about those tournaments was 
just hanging out with friends. You know, there'd be pizza, there'd be beer, there'd be weed. Everyone would just be chilling. And um, when you got knocked out of the bracket, sometimes it was even more enjoyable than than actually competing because you would just start playing friendlies with friends and it was just a good time. Um, the house, uh, Matt, you'll remember this. It was really hot and smelly in the house, but there was just a big couch outside yep. that people would chill at. <laughs> and um, I always found the couch to be way cooler uh, than than anything else. Like the couch was outside. It was fresh air. Uh, it was comfy. You could have a beer or you could chill or you could even watch the stream or listen to people commentate. It was kind of this really fun communal aspect of the whole thing. And you would also just complain about something being broken or this guy sucks or that guy's a fraud. There'd just be a lot of trash talk and stuff. Um, but it was all love at the end of the day. Uh, so I really loved that aspect of the scene. That's what I think I really was inspired by when I wrote the short story. And I showed it to producer Sam one day, didn't think it was really anything, but then you could tell your half of the story, <laughs> uh, yeah. producer Sam, but I didn't think it was any good or I thought it was just a whatever story, but he, he took off with it. Yeah, no, definitely. I, you know, when I first read it, I thought it was so good. Um, we sent it to our, one of our other collaborators, Ethan, um, shout out Ethan. He is gold snitch in the film, Timuron. Um, and he already <laughs> exactly <laughs> that, uh, he, he did he did a good job then um but yeah he adapted it into a screenplay and kind of i think he changed up the order of things just slightly but just kind of did a quick and dirty adaptation and i read it in script form and and really felt that it could be something and um you know i i, I didn't play smash competitively but i definitely played halo 3 competitively um like that's all i did um so i do have a little bit of that experience of just trying to wanting to be the best but also of course you know accepting the reality that you are who you are you know um so yeah i I mean once it was in script form i was telling lucas it was really good and that we should totally do it and you know he's like "Are, are people gonna understand this and I was like, I don't know, but I I feel like we should make it, you know? Um, So, you know, it was was a long process. Uh, We we talked about it for a long time. Um, It it, it, it took about, you know, a couple years before it was even even made because we kind of had trouble finding the self as well. We had so many people read for it. And funnily enough, Matt was one of the first people to read, and we thought he did a really great job. but we wanted to try more people out. So I think we had like, I don't even know, maybe 10 more people or something like that. And (laughs) it was just like, we just kept, yeah, we just kept talking about it. (laughs) And then Lucas was like, dude, let's just use Matt, man. Like he's, he's the guy, he's the guy. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. I was like, you know what? Lucas impression, by the way. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly what I sound like. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know my brother too well. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I trusted my brother. I trusted Lucas on that, and um, I think it was the right choice. I think Matt did a, a, a wonderful job and just knows the world so well. And it, it just helped that. I mean, even a lot of the extras were a part of the balcony and were competitors and are Smash players, and you know, I was doing a ton of research and just just watching videos of 
of nerds getting upset because that's <laughs> that's all it is. Now, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's that's a big part of it, and um, just trying to mold everyone into that world who weren't Smash players, but the actors. And um, yeah, it was just uh, it. I, when I read it, I knew that it had a lot of power, so I knew that we had to make it, and that's kind of the journey to getting there. So one thing I really appreciated hearing is Matt's not a Nebo baby from, from what I'm <laughs> saying. New. Matt, right. Matt legitimately earned the head or the lead role of your film. So he did. And yeah. you know, to be honest, Matt, I thought you did a fantastic job. Um, Thank you, man. Clearly you you're the face of the film. You're on all, almost all the marketing outside of Ethan, right? The dude that plays gold snitch. Um, (laughs) but what I really loved about your portrayal, Matt, that I want to dig into a little bit is there's such a colorful cast of characters, right? It's almost like everyone's a caricature of themselves in some way, whether they're uber competitive or uber like silent Tao Te Ching, like Buddhist monks, like style, kind of like levels of confidence, uh, we'll talk about Lucas's portrayal as a douche in a couple minutes. Um, but what I, what I really liked about your, I guess, decision-making that I want to dig into, Matt, is you really felt like an avatar for the audience in this tournament. Like, I really thought you played kind of like the average gamer really well. And the introspective kind of narration you provided, the way you kind of just responded to the people around you or not respond to the people around you. Because... I was like, this would piss me off. I would not be this calm. Um, but I thought you did a really good job kind of like being, uh, like representing everyone in this film. And I don't know if you went that far in your thinking, but I just wanted to share that. But can you share some of the decisions and how you decide to portray your character from the way they dress and presented, just everything? Because I thought you really did a solid job. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um yeah, I think it's interesting that you say that the character or that I'm, I'm glad that it came off that, you know, I was like an avatar for the audience and for the average gamer, because I, I think obviously, especially with like the costumes and like everything else, it's obviously portrayed as kind of like a maybe like an eccentric nerd in some ways or like an eccentric version of the average gamer. So right. I'm glad that it was able to come off like as I guess in some ways relatable. Um, yeah, as far as kind of like how I portrayed, you know, there, there was two ways to portray it, right? There was both mm-hmm. like the on film version, the camera version, then also workshopping the voiceover with um, Sam, which was a whole nother thing. But as far as on camera, you know, it was very, we, we did like a, a lighting test around maybe two or three months before filming shooting started. And I think Lucas just put on video of like Armada playing um just like you know, Matt. Armada. <laughs> yeah armada i yeah i forgot i would have to do that armada is like one of the greatest uh, melee players of all time mm. so extremely extremely good um he's from sweden just debatably one of the best yeah super smash brothers melee players of all time but um yes yeah, so i really copied a lot tried copying a lot of his mannerisms particularly like the leaning in like whenever you about are about to make a hit with something i guess um right. Because literally, like, you know, the the screens when we were filming were blank, but I was, in my mind, imagining, like, a set going on because I've played a million sets, so I can perfectly imagine what was happening and, like, lurching in when I get a down smash or little things like that. And then a lot of the facial stuff as far as, like, in, um, 
in the matches was inspired heavily by Mewtwo King. Um, mm. There's a really funny video of him losing to, I think it's N- Dr. Nintendude. Do you know who I'm talking about, Lucas? Nintendude. I think it's just Doc. There's Is it just another Nintendude? person named. The, there's it's the Doctor and then there's Nintendude. Yeah, anyways, but he's getting wobbled <laughs> in that game and you can just see like the soul of Mewtwo King slowly dying through his facial expressions. <laughs> I kind of tried to, um, to harness that with that. Um, and then, you know, I, I think for the rest of the film, it's just kind of like borderline, like it's like, it, it, it's like the border of like, I care, but I'm also apathetic. And like, it was like sure. dancing on that fine line, I guess. And then for how I went about like the, voiceover i mean that was a whole different thing because voiceover is just i was blown away with how hard like the on-screen stuff was relatively easy compared to the voiceover i mean sam and i workshopped that a lot um yes especially it's very yeah it's (laughs) good you know i mean it's very easy to when you don't have something in front of you you're not doing it in the moment to make something sound like sadder than it needs to be or like um, more excited than it needs to be. So finding that balance and making it more human and making sure that like the per progress, the emotion of it progresses naturally was just something that credit to Sam because he guided me that whole way. Yeah. When we were, and then doing- I threw in some of my own stuff into the characters mannerisms too here and there that like, like I'm a total leaner when I play video games. So <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, I think every gamer can relate to the forward lean. When yeah, yeah. Shit's getting real. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And you do have the knee slap. You also had. There were a few other things. I mean, yeah, there were a couple the glasses, uh, touching the glasses. glasses and, yeah, uh, knee slapping, leaning forward. I did like a. I would always hit my thigh. Yeah, and like that was something <laughs> I did, and like I've always done that in any competitive thing, like whether I was playing soccer and like before a Smash match, it's just like a like a tick kind of. So yeah, I think, I I think did too, that one two times too. I think too with the voiceover, it was you know, there was a lot of, um, intention behind it because, um, you know, I, I think for the first act, it it was kind of like very monotone, like explaining the world, maybe embellishing certain words, certain characters. And then the second act, he wins his match. So he's like, you know, he's, he's, he's proud. And then he kind of gets into more philosophical, um, uh, headspace with the gold snitch fight. So, um, there was definitely a lot of workshopping and, and takes and, and do overs and just, I, I mean, the voiceover was, was so important, you know, when Lucas, uh, first wrote it, that's kind of how I saw it all in my head, a very internal story, um, and a very internal character. So, um, yeah, Matt did a really great job kind of finessing and, and just working with me to, get it right where it needs to be. And I think that it's, it's a great, it's a great voiceover performance. It is. Yeah. I completely it agree. totally is. I have to ask as a follow-up, Matt, how many takes did you have to do when you were going against gold snitch? Cause that dude was pretty funny. Like, <laughs> Honestly, I can imagine. Not, not that many. Really? I think, I think I was, um, biting my lip a lot like on my mm. in my mouth or like biting my tongue to keep myself from laughing um <laughs> Ooh, no that didn't take that many okay. takes well it took a lot of takes maybe we can i can get into this more with later question it was just like the one or we did at the beginning but that's mm. we can get to that later. oh yeah maybe. that was a tough one yeah okay okay well to stay on the topic of characters and how matt 
this character is a stand-in for the Avatar. Literally everyone else, and I think we touched on this, is a hyperbole of some aspect mm-hmm. of somebody we've played against, whether they're hyper-competitive, super shit-talking, really douchey. Um, I play Magic with Lucas, so I've seen a lot of his character bagels <laughs> in real life as well, as well as in the movie. So, Lucas, really? since you're kind of the... Yeah, really, bro. Um, so since you're kind of the... The supporting character, the other star, if you will. Um, can you take us through your portrayal of Bagels? Like, what inspired that portrayal aside from you in general? Um, from the outfit to, like, him shit-talking, gambling, chewing on a bagel. Like, I lo- yeah. I loved your character. Like, Oh, thank you. Like, this wasn't relevant at the time, but I got really big Deion Sanders vibes. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> oh, I'm going to yeah, do me. I'm going to wear my shades. <laughs> oh, like, my God. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, you had the we come in vibe. And find out. Yeah, you yeah. had the buff around and find out vibe. So take us through. Yeah, like, exactly. I'd love to hear your decision making. And you can start expanding on the other castmates, too, because it was clearly yeah, intentional yeah. that it's a cast of colorful characters, except for the main dude. So feel yeah, free to dig yeah, into yeah. that also. So uh, one thing is a lot of the side characters are actually based on real people and real tags out there. Um, Cloudburst, that's a real tag. That's a real dude we know. Um, bagels is also a real dude. We know, um, shout out bagels. If you're listening to this, he was a, who did he play Matt? Was he Luigi project M? It was from Luigi Arizona? main from Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. And bagels was, was a really cool dude. All the Arizona guys that we would play with were really, really sick whenever they would come out to California for a tournament. And, um, I just always really liked the name bagels. Like <laughs> that was just his name. Like, no, I don't even remember his real name. Honestly, it's like Giovanni or was it something like that? Matt Gio? I don't it even might remember be for because sure. um, was, Bagels is real his name, name in the movie is Giovanni. In the movie is Giovanni. Oh, yeah, yeah something Giovanni, like that. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, well, his name is Giovanni Giorno, which is a JoJo reference as well. So his it's name right. is technically JoJo. Um, just in case, I don't right. know if you ever caught that one, Matt. Um, but anyway, uh, a lot of the characters are based on real tags and real people. Uh, and then the other thing too is a lot of the characters are actually movie references, right? So there's a mm-hmm. character named Shawshank. Mm-hmm. He's kind of dressed in like a little bit of a prison outfit yeah, from caught, Shawshank Redemption. Um, yeah, yeah. We got Mr. Pink, who's clearly a reference to Reservoir Dogs. Right. Um, Knoxville. We, Knoxville. Jackson. Knoxville is supposed to be, yeah, Jackass, Johnny Knoxville. Um, so yeah, a lot of them are kind of supposed to be movie references, which was just fun. It's not kind of the main driving point of all of those course. characters, but it's just a little, little cool to see it. And um, to go into my portrayal of Bagels and kind of who he is and, and what he becomes. Well, he's supposed to be kind of good fella You know, he's kind of like right. a, supposed to be wearing a tracksuit and he's supposed to be kind of mobby and kind of, kind of something like that. Um, I grew up the youngest uh, in a big family. So every video game we played growing up, I lost. Uh, and that wears on a person over a long <laughs> period of time, right? <laughs> you know, bring you so, down. Sounds like, I know. <laughs> so, it, like, I started getting really good at Smash Brothers in college, and I used to lose all the time growing up, used to lose at Mario Party, used to lose at Mario Kart. I, I just lost at every physical activity we played. I was kind of small for my age, like, not great in sports, like, the whole thing, right? So... I'm a heel as I've grown up when it comes to competitive anything, right? And I know. my big my big thing is when people say fuck you Lucas, I won. That's like my thing uh that I feel mm. within myself. Um so the mind game within the game. 
it's just yeah a little bit of that no. but uh and that makes maybe that makes me sound like a douchebag or something like that but because he I, is. I play the game to beat my friends that's why i play video games like mm-hmm. i don't i don't care if i necessarily like win or if i'm efficient or whatever i just want to beat my friends in a cool way in a video game or any game that we're playing magic whatever what have you and that's to me a victory mm-hmm. um and for that reason you know matt matt gets mad at me you know, Matt gets mad at me like basically every week, you know, so it's part of the it's part of the lifestyle. It's kind of what I've accepted within myself. Um, well, Tim, I know that you're on the receiving end of some of that, too, when we play magic. So you get it. Um, and bagels is just the absolute like hyperbole of all that shit talking douche like upset when he loses. I actually don't really get upset when I lose. I kind of keep quiet. But bagels does. Um but there's a scene where I kind of go out or Bagels goes out after he loses to the couch outside and um, just kind of complains a little bit and just like deflates, you know, but then also laughs and like takes a hit of the joint in the movie and yeah. just chills for a second. I think that's that's kind of the the whole journey, the whole arc of losing is like you're kind of mad. You go out, you take a breather, you kind of laugh it off with the homies and then you you move on. Right. Uh, ultimately, that's I think what what's really cool about Bagels in the movie. I think that's remember, what, it's kind of cool. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sam. Oh, sorry. Do you remember uh, why we went with the green? Oh, yeah. We almost went with red, but we actually th- thought that would be a little too uh, Royal Tannenbaumsy mm. uh, for anybody that's seen that movie. So we went with the green instead, and it, the green really shined. I feel like it was the right uh, choice. And yeah. Then, good. It was. It was the right choice. And then producer Sam also picked up like a fake Gucci glasses from Chinatown and a fake oh, gold yeah. chain. Um, so that worked out. It was really hot the day of filming, but it was, uh, the costume worked nonetheless. I love that. All worth it. Um, everything was worth it. I also, I also appreciated what you shared too. Like bagels almost has his own mini arc of what it means to compete and lose just as much as the title character does. So Mm -hmm. having the caricature or the hyperbole and the main kind of avatar for the audience kind of going their own, their own respective arcs of reflection and defining who they are through this game, I think is really cool. I don't have any, I don't have anything deeper to say than that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I kind of want to get to the, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, just to expand on on the characters too, a little bit is, um, yeah, I just feel like that's essentially, you know, what the film is about. And I think that's why there's so many, even though it was very hard to get all those people together and, you know, to design all those costumes, that's essentially what the story is. It's about the group. It's about the house. It's about the group on the couch. Um, like ultimately it's about this small little world that everyone lives in very seriously, you know, and it's, it's, it's a community. So, um, community can be very, very important, you know, and very human. So that's something that I think, even though it's like, you know, uh, I, I had someone call it a bro film. Um, even though it's a nerdy bro film, it's still, you know, I've had a, people of you know all shapes and sizes say that they love it because of of that aspect the community aspect the friendship aspect um so yeah that's i think the characters are like even though you don't some of these characters don't have lines they even just feel present because they're there and because they're in a ridiculous costume you know so um (laughs) yeah it's that's that's what i wanted to say basically 
I genuinely think each character could have like their own short film that like would be interesting <laughs> if you fleshed it out. Yeah. My, my parents have like no context of the gaming world after they saw the film were like, I was sad it ended early. They're like, I wanted to learn more about like everyone and everything. So I think that's oh, maybe one day. Homage. Yeah. Yeah. Spin-offs. Yeah. I guess that's a good, yeah, that's a, that's a really good, the self uh, cinematic universe. I guess that's a really <laughs> good compliment. Um, I see you. Yeah. And, and just one more thing I do want to say too is, um, you know, there are two characters in the film who actually don't have any lines right. and don't really do much. Um, and that's stone free and totally Kyle who the film ends on. Um, and I kind of be, I'd regret if we didn't talk about them a little bit, uh, during this segment, since we're talking about all the characters. Yeah, please. Um, and they're portrayed by Doogie's or sorry. Oh man. I called you Doogie. Um, I did too. That's our family nickname nickname for producer Sam. So sometimes (laughs) it slips out. Um, producer Sam's ex bandmates, uh, Levi and Sean are both stone free and totally Kyle. Um, and they represent just the gods of the world that we live in. Uh, and one thing I've realized is that to be, and I think I think we could all agree on this, is to be the highest level of anything, you have to give up part of yourself. You have to kind of give up part of what like makes you human in a way. You have to be obsessive. You have mm. to be like eccentric. You have to be like in a way. You have to shed your humanity. This is what I think. You have to okay. shed your humanity to be truly, truly, truly at the top of any level, right? And you hear about like professional athletes that like you hear about their lifestyle, right. what they do, what they've given up. And it's always like, you always ask yourself like, could we ever really give that up within ourselves to be that good? And many of us can't, right? And the thing that the self realizes at the end is that, spoilers, you know, these two people, <laughs> oh yeah, I guess we're talking we're talking full on spoilers. The the thing that the self figures out at the end is that these two gods that he sees in this world, they're not exactly breathing, they're not human. Um they don't even really have any interaction with any other characters throughout the film and he he just kind of laughs it off and and kind of moves on with his life because he realizes that maybe maybe there's no shot at being these guys. Um and losing ultimately is what makes us human. That was really important for us. Uh so that was the approach to those characters and they honestly, I know they don't do anything, but I love their performance in this movie a lot. Yeah, it's very uh, like an ode to like a David Lynch or something like that. It's just something very uh, like off-putting and and out yeah. and out of the world a little bit. And I think that's what's so funny. But like in in certain scenarios where we placed them, I think especially at the end, it still ended up being pretty comical. I think when we had screened it for the cast and crew, a lot of people laughed at, at that scenario. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's important too. Cause that's like a big theme. And, um, I think for me, I, I wanted to make sure we got all of those things across on, on the film or on film because, um, you know, the, the film is just pretty much a script to film like it's just pretty much what lucas wrote um turned into a movie uh almost word for word you know so um yeah i'm glad we were able to uh keep those characters in and have that be a part of uh the film ultimately no that was beautifully illustrated i definitely caught that there was some weird othering and maybe even kind of mm-hmm. like some uncannyism of like these two dudes here, but no one else almost acknowledged their presence outside of the fact that they were like the gods, as you said, Lucas. I got mm-hmm. very like 
kind of like Dao Te Ching like levels or like Art of War mm. vibes from them. Like if you oh, know, cool. you don't talk, but like yeah. there's something <laughs> weird about that. Like, you know, real Deion Sanders vibes. Yeah, I would say the opposite, dude. <laughs> like, especially I was just lately. trying to throw him out there again. Uh, we already asserted like bagels is the Deion Sanders of so. <laughs> Tim Duncan vibes. Oh yeah, there you go, Reggie Miller. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit and go from the front of the camera to the back of the camera because I I enjoy film. I'm not as deep into making it or understanding or studying it. Um, so I would love to hear from you, Sam, about the overall process of directing and kind of putting the vision together for this film because from the get-go you saw the potential of this project and really brought it to life and pieced everything together so i'd just love to hear just that process in general some of your decision making to create what we get to see and enjoy as audience members yeah yeah sure um so the process um yeah, obviously, you know, Lucas wrote it a, a while ago, a couple years ago, and then it was kind of, you know, on the back burner for a while. Um, I think we had finished, we had just finished our previous film nights and had screened it in June of 2022. And then we ended up starting shooting the self uh, September 30th, 2022. So it was like, I think after a month I was like, kind of like, okay, let's, let's get this off the ground. Um, my cinematographer, um, really wanted to shoot it and was kind of pushing and helped produce a lot of it as well. And it, it was probably about a couple months of, of prep from, uh, trying to get the look with camera tests, uh, getting, uh, the self's costume together with Matt, you know, going to Goodwill and, picking out purple pants and finding a weird shirt that said trust because we felt like it was relevant. Um, and then, um, you know, location scouting, uh, finding that house was, was, uh, difficult, um, arguing with my cinematographer, how it's, it's a hard house to light, you know, cause it was on a hill, blah, 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 blah. Um, and you know, there's a lot that goes into pre-production here you're reading the script, you're adjusting the script, you're changing lines, you're finding, you know, locations, you're doing rehearsals. Um, you know, you're kind of, you're storyboarding as well. I, I think I storyboarded every single shot except for, um, I think the couch, the couch stuff when they are outside in the afternoon, I think that was more like an improvised shot, but pretty much everything that you see in the house is, um, is intentional, you know, it was like pre-planned basically. Um, so yeah, there, there, there's just, you want to be as prepared as possible. So once you, you know, go to war, you are following the game plan as much as you're improvising on set and, and letting actors act. And I, I think that's kind of, the type of director I am where, you know, gold snitch, uh, shout out to Ethan, um, was, a, he had a lot of improv lines. Um, you know, there's another character, uh, strong bad played by Anthony Flores and he 
did a lot of improv too. We did, I did a camera test with him and we were fleshing out lines. And so we were a little bit prepped for that. And there was certain things I wanted him to say, but I really enjoy letting the camera roll and letting the actors act and seeing kind of what they give me and maybe adjusting from there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so much, uh, technical stuff. It's so much, I, I guess, artistic choices kind of all smashed together. And then once, once you get there, um, it, it still, it, it keeps evolving, you know, and, and that's, that's the same truth for post as well. You know, you get into post and me and Lucas were working on VFX for two months, which was kind of a nightmare. Oh, you God. Know? Uh, yeah. there was, we wow. finally didn't put, uh, tracks on the TVs, which was a huge mistake. And we had to get some real professionals to help us out with certain shots. You know, Lucas was able to achieve the effects for some of the, some of the setups, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was hard, you know, it was, it was difficult. And, um, you know, we had to do all that stuff ourselves because obviously we don't have studio money we don't have, you know, um, a team of VFX artists. So we just had to kind of grind it out and, and Lucas did a great job on that. And then, um, you know, I, this, this one, we had a whole sound team. One of my buddies from high school, um, Omar, I reconnected with him cause he's, he went to our, uh, previous, uh, screening for our other film. And basically he got a whole team together and, you know, had four or five people on, on sound, which really kind of elevated. That was really cool. Yeah. That was really cool. Really elevated the project. And I collaborated with him for probably a couple months, you know, and just like, Oh, you know, we let's, let's add a sound when his hand goes up and, you know, let's, let's put reverb on these carbides and, and, and just real, real nitty gritty details. And, um, he was super great to work with, very collaborative and ultimately just did such a great job. And we actually have a 5.1 surround sound mix. Um, so when it, you know, when it plays and in these theaters, it, it does feel like that much more special. Um, and then, you know, in a color and then, you know, we actually had oh, one yeah. colorist and he was not, unfortunately not the right choice. So we switched colorists in the, in the middle of it because we believe that, crazy. um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he just wasn't getting the right look. So, um, you know, and then there's, and then, you know, you're figuring out how to make a DCP and then we, 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 we make the, the digital camera package, which is what you put into the projector. And so it plays all correct. Um, so there's so many steps, you know, and I think for 11 months we were kind of going through these steps. Um, and you know, you're, you're leading, you're leading the charge, but you're calling in this person to do that. You're calling in that person to do that, Matt, I need you to re-record a line and you're, um, kind of really, uh, guiding it, but it's also constantly, uh, evolving is something that I learned. Like your film, will always constantly evolve until it's completely done and into until you turn it in. Um, and even then I think I even made a few sound changes for the screener, uh, online that we're sending to festivals, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, that's, that's kind of, that's the whole director producer process. Yo, man, I appreciate you sharing that. Cause not that 
I would say most people forget how much hard work goes into making a project or a film. But I think a lot of this process gets taken for granted because mm -hmm. we are always presented the final product unless we're deeply exactly. involved. So I really yeah. appreciate you taking a moment to really describe just kind of the organized chaos from what it sounds like. Yeah, uh, I'll give this project. I'll give a <laughs> I'll give one just example to like, you know, for any amateur filmmakers out sure. there, or, you know, people that are striving to be one or just you're an audience member and you saw the movie um, like that one or that one shot that Matt brought up earlier where it's kind of Matt. We see the whole room and the whole house. I mean, there's 20 people making that shot happen at our level. Dude, you know, there's all the crazy. actors in it. There's the steady cam op. There's a sound guy. Um, there's lighting people. There's producer Sam watching it on a monitor. Uh, and then after that, you got a colorist coloring the shot. You got a professional sound team really making the sound pop for that scene. You got VFX artists working on it to paint the TVs the color that they need to be for the for the visual effect there. At the end of the day, one shot that's ultimately 20, 30 seconds took many months and many people. And that's at a small level um, with us. You know, we're hyper indie, really, really small budget. Right. Um, and... Um, you know, filmmaking's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Making movies is very, Truth. very difficult. Truth. Yeah, it's very, very difficult. I think when Matt um, saw the, um, or when Matt before Matt saw a, like a cut of it, he was like, "Man, that was hard." And then <laughs> when he saw, you know, what it what it became, he was like, "Oh, I understand. I understand why we did all those takes and why those days were so long yeah. and why like you you're you're putting all the puzzle pieces together." And I think that that's a, yeah essentially what it is you're just building everything is just a building block to the ultimate um movie itself right. yeah like understanding how oh to like because for some reason in my mind like for example if i was watching a movie before and i saw like let's say it's like a dialogue shot right and there's like it's switching camera angles throughout that shot of like two characters talking but like you would think oh if you switch the angle like why can't I see the camera? Oh, they must've just figured something out and kept it in the same shot. Like those are all different shots, like strung together, you know, like the same thing, like done over and over and like understanding that and just like understanding like, okay, Sam, why the fuck am I like doing this scene for like the 10th time now in a different, I, slightly different yeah. angle? Like why am I carrying getting this to understand Are that. you not happy? Yeah. Why am I carrying this? <laughs> um, understanding that was, uh, was really cool. Um, and shout out to the honestly huge shout out to the cast especially or the whole cast but also crew especially um i was so blown away with everyone's professionalism on that set and like just understanding it all and like yeah i mean that, everyone was awesome everyone was everyone so awesome with. everyone was dialed in it was just i was so impressed with um the crew it was amazing that's great um now i know you're a musician sam so i have to ask and i didn't catch in the credits did you score the, um, I didn't. The I didn't. Yeah. Okay. So our our composer, his name is uh, John GK, and he huh. composed for our last film, Nights. Uh, he's an amazing musician. One of amazing. The, yeah, <laughs> he really amazing. is. He's kind like, of completely amazing. Yeah, he's kind of like our secret sauce, really, uh, to the Luna's <laughs> whole identity. Um, and you know, the, he's a secret I, weapon. He's the secret weapon. He's, a secret he's weapon, like dude. the yeah. Manu Ginobili, you know, six man <laughs> off the bench. To the Tim um, Duncan and Tony Parker of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so he's he's great. And um, just to give a little bit of insight, because I do think the score, we should talk about the score because it's so good. Um, Please. He, 
I, I was telling him about the film and I, the the self suite, which I consider the theme, which plays during the gold mm-hmm. snitch fight. Um, he just kind of sent me that and he sent me a digital version, um, which he did all on his keyboard on his uh, MIDI keyboard. And they all had like violin, um, patches and, um, he, he sent me that and just out of nowhere it was because I told him about the film and then he was like, Hey, this is, this is something I'm working on. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. And, and I try to put it kind of in the beginning when, when, um, the self is explaining the world, but it wasn't really working there. And, uh, once I put it to the final battle, I was like, Oh man, this is, this is great. Cause this is where he's having a philosophical moment and his final and the final fight. So it's, it's really working really really well um and then he wrote another one that was towards the middle that's kind of like a waltz um right he sent me that i i I love that too um but it was really hard to get the actual um intro song right because for me and lucas uh one of our favorite films is uh mishima uh, a life in four chapters by paul schrader and philip glass is the composer of that score and it's a very drony um repetitive classical uh with synths type of um and arpeggiators type of score so that was the whole model the whole time you know we're like we we want this um so to get that in particular i actually wrote that song with john and and i went to his studio and uh we wrote the chords together and um we figured out the tones and uh it was so much fun because you know, I've played music all my life and it was like more so like I was back in the studio with, with my band and, and we were, we were writing something together. Um, and I feel like that really shows and it, it really does help elevate the world once you, once you're in the house, you know? Um, so, you know, John, John, he's, he's amazing. We we're already talking about, um, you know, another film that we want to make and how his, how we think his input is really going to just make it that much better. So, um, yeah, John GK, he did check him out. He, he, he's a composer, but he also, um, you know, writes songs and has his own band as well. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's awesome. I, I want to say like for anybody out there looking to make movies, the score, it cannot be understated how important the score is like a movie can be nothing and have a score, a great score. And it's, it's all of a sudden cinema. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's really interesting that way. Cause, um, you know, you take, uh, let's say you have a slideshow of a dog running on a beach and you (laughs) set it to yellow submarine by the Beatles. It's, it's, it's kind of silly. It's nothing, but you set it to a cinematic score or something. It's cinema. Like it's a best picture now. It's mm-hmm, cra- yeah. it's crazy how quickly it really becomes like that. I'm not even exaggerating. Yeah. Um, so we're really, really blessed to have somebody like John GK. He's he's outstanding. Just a, sure. a hot dude, honestly. Hot dude. <laughs> I certified hot dude. Man. I, I had I had the opportunity to meet him briefly at um Sam's birthday. We went out to a bar and I was just like I was genuinely kind of fangirling. I was like, oh, you're <laughs> like I, I That's um, great. I'm sure he loves that. Yeah, if if for, yeah, right. if for nothing else, like just watch the movie to listen to the score. Cause I, I honestly for think it's one of the highlights. For real. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Facts. The reason why I want to dive into the score is we talked about, 
you know, you don't necessarily have to be a gamer to get this film. And I think a lot of that was because of the score personally. Because mm. if you're mm. looking at the visuals, you're listening to the dialogue, a lot of it is so in the context of the gamer community or the Smash community. Like we're going over jargon. We're using people's gamer tags that are references to other things. But the score bringing in like the course, the orchestralness with the violins, the waltziness in a different part. That for me is what unlocked this film, as you said, Lucas, <laughs> from a project to something that's universal. And mm -hmm. even if we may not understand the discourse of what we're seeing and hearing, we can at least get the feeling of what we're supposed to get. And I really want to shout him out because the scene where the self is fighting Gold Snitch, like the, the pacing oh, and the so rhythm, good also felt very much like a back and forth fight, just the mm. cadence of everything going. And then when it crescendos to the selves, oh, I won't spoil it, but when it crescendos to the end of the match, like you feel how those characters are feeling in that moment. And I thought it's mm. clever that that one score is describing kind of the process of two people fighting and going at it. So mm. the score was amazing. I really wanted to take a few minutes to highlight that because I, that awesome. for me is one yeah. of my favorite parts of the film is the music and the sounds that you guys were able to put together. Great. So Yeah. Yeah, I think also the score really helps with the comedy because yeah. It's such a juxtaposition. <laughs> like, why mm -hmm. is the score so high quality and and beautiful, but these characters are just so grimy and um, caricature-y? I think it it really does help the film, not only, like you said, from helping you understand the story, but even making the story funnier in a weird way. Right. And um, I, mm -hmm. I love stuff like that. Like, I love when the score and the images don't match and yeah. uh, when there's that weird uh, push and pull with imagery and, and music. And I think those are some of those are a highlight to what some of my filmmakers really uh, do really well and can achieve. And kind of the opposite. So kind of touching on the sound design too, when there wasn't a score, it was like a completely different scene, but it was cool seeing the juxtaposition of like, this kind of beautiful back and forth kind of introspective as well as battle. But then on the sofa, when there's no music, it's like life's back to normal. We're mm -hmm. like, we're mm -hmm. out of that trance almost of competing and playing against each other. So I just thought just the layers that the score and the lack of score, even the decision to sound design really, I think helped amplify what you guys were trying to do. Thanks. Thanks. Awesome. Thank yeah, you. Of course. Thank of you, course. man. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I got our last few questions. They're more on a lighthearted end because I think we did a lot of analysis slash kind of talking super deeply about the film. I'm interested. What were some of the biggest challenges that you guys had to face mm -hmm. or just kind of funny moments that we as an audience will know otherwise? Um, <laughs> I'd love to hear some of that. Uh, fucking so the Ezra. biggest Ezra, just everything <laughs> Ezra did. Our cinematographer, Ezra Bassin Hill, Ezra everything Bassin he did Hill. was a challenge. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go my... Okay, biggest challenge. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is honestly the VFX TV mm. BS that we had to deal with in, in post. Mm. Basically, lesson learned, anybody out there trying to make movies or you know just note to self, if you're gonna put superimpose a screen on any device or anything you need to put tape on that thing 
Otherwise, it's going to be so difficult to track like the superimposed thing. And it's like you didn't think you don't think it's going to be a big deal. You don't you think you could save some time. You don't think you need it, but you absolutely need it. So that was a huge challenge in post. Um, And then the other challenge. I can't think of any other challenges off the top of my head. Um, besides just the general production timeline for it sure. and all that. But producer Sam, what do you got? Um, for, I mean, one thing that comes to mind is the location manager wasn't super great. So, oh, yeah. um, I about that. just, I guess dealing with her as a personality, um, <laughs> that was tough. Um, I think the, the one was a challenge for sure. Cause I was, uh, very tired at that point and kind of depending on uh ezra my cinematographer and um my steady cam op uh Bo. <laughs> shout out to Bo. shout out to Bo. Um, he, Bo. he was awesome um for the i we just kept running it and i didn't really know exactly what we were getting and you know had i had i been more present i would have actually maybe tried a few different things um, but that was, that was hard. And that's kind of like lesson learned, you know, is when you're producing right. your own stuff is like, you want to, you want to come to set and you want to have the energy to direct, you know, you don't want to be so burnt and, and, and granted, you're, you're going to hit those points on set where you're absolutely wiped and you just keep going or you, you, you hopefully somehow take a break, but that's not really happening um (laughs) but yeah just uh i think just the overall shooting days were the most challenging thing because it was just a big it was the biggest crew uh biggest cast biggest set piece i think that lucas and i had ever worked on and managed so um there were so many people so many moving parts uh it was just it was just a big leap i think for us and and you know, I think we did a, a good job at managing it all. Um, but you know, it was, shout out to Lex. Shout out to yeah. Lex as well, our AD producer um, slash assistant editor. Uh, she did so so much stuff and was such a key player in all this. Um, but yeah, I think like like I said, it was it was a huge huge leap, and I think that was the biggest challenge. But I think we we took the challenge on and I think that we Mm -hmm. accomplished what we needed to accomplish, which gives me confidence, you know, with our next project when the budget is bigger and the cast is bigger and the actors are bigger. I think like you're always trying to elevate and you're always trying to do a better, a better job. So I I feel like we did a better job from our last short film. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) Yeah, I, I think always I kind of mentioned where like the voiceover was just right. tough for me. But um, <laughs> let me clarify my Ezra comments. Uh, <laughs> I like Ezra a lot. I do. It was just the oneer was like such a me and Ezra just like had bad communication. I think Ezra and I like <laughs> we did this thing like maybe twelve or thirteen times at least before like I figured out what he actually wanted. Oh, like it was literally, it's literally like kind of the thing where like I finally was like Ezra like what the fuck do you want from me I don't understand why like, I'm, like I was so confused and then I just made him talk to as me as the star of like, the film it was, that's, that's crazy yeah. it was literally a moment of like why didn't you say that like <laughs> bro he's like I, I you this. literally couldn't second, work under those conditions 
the second yeah, I called him no. over and had him like we like had like a real like talk about it, I was like, oh. I think I got it. Like I think we only did like two more takes after that because I understood what he was trying mm. to get then. But yeah, that was just funny too because I remember just like <laughs> it was so hot because we kept all the doors mostly closed to keep like the fog machine going oh. and keep all that in there. And I just like kept walking in and out, and I remember I turned to Tony. I'm like, bro, like one of these one of these must be good, right? Like, <laughs> one of these takes. <laughs> one of these takes has to work. Um, oh. and, and, then, gods. and then just fucking, we had one pickup day where we shoot the, the opening shot of the film where we're all on the steps is actually a pickup day. Hmm. And me, I had to like walk down that hill, like maybe seven or eight times, maybe more. And it was just like really, really hot that day, like right. high eighties, I think. And I was just in my full get up carrying this TV and it was at least like a, I don't know, like a 40 or 50 meter walk, but I was just like, so over it. And of course, Ezra's like every takes Ezra's just like, Matt, I love you. Let's go again. <laughs> I love you back to one, back to one. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. Yeah. But, we were, um, we were working Matt that day, but you know, people, yeah. people talk about that shot, Matt. I've, I've had comments on that shot yeah? and, and it's, uh, nice. they, they wow. say it's a real great opener. So, um, you know, it wasn't in vain. It's not like uh, it wasn't in vain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and now we have it forever. We have it exactly. the shot forever. Yeah, think about it like that. Yeah, it is a great shot. I it'll be playing on on a real audience. Uh, yeah, it'll be playing on a real. You know, when, when it's like your funeral or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just that. Think of it like that. The slideshow yeah, of just yeah. that ten, that five second like <laughs> clip. <laughs> um. I think we covered a lot. We went all over the place, which is what I was hoping, just to hear about what went into the film, the inspiration, um, the process, the decision-making. So I think just to wrap things up, I have one final question, and it's pretty much anything you all want to share or say. You know, If there's anything you hope you viewers will take away or just something you want to communicate about the film in general or filmmaking, um, if you guys have any future projects we can look forward to, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we, could, we could maybe touch about the, that a little bit. The floor is completely all yours before we wrap everything up. Yeah, the the thing I want to I think talk about is you know thank you for everybody out there just even listening to this podcast episode and anybody that went out and out of their way to watch the movie. Um, it's weird and um, funny and. Uh, it was a lot of work and a lot of heart went into writing it and kind of bringing it forth um, to life. And I hope that everybody out there can kind of take something from it. Um, I know it's niche, but I do like to think that the themes are pretty universal. And um, everybody out there has felt like a loser. Everybody has that's ever tried to be good at something has felt like the true impact of defeat. Um, and ultimately, you know, uh, it's just all about like, it's just all about what you take from it. You know, it's all about like whether or not you feel alive at the end of the day, whether it's a loss or a win. And it's all about like whether you lose and you hang out with your friends afterwards, like that's what's all worth it at the end of the day. So if you're out there doing anything and you're losing, as long as you got the homies near you, it'll be okay. That's my lesson. That's why I still play magic with you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. uh, uh, Yeah. um, For me, uh, I think that one important thing is if you do want to find out, you know, I, rather than me going down the rabbit hole of, of filmmakers and films that we like, follow Lucas on Letterbox, thug under the rug, <laughs> and follow me. Yeah. 
LT Kilgore on Letterboxd and has all the stuff that we like, all the stuff that we watch. Uh, obviously, the infamous top four. Because um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I guess that's something we didn't really touch on is, is, is inspiration. But you can find our inspiration there. Um, but yeah, you know, I think that making films is, is, is such a, like we touched upon earlier, hard um, endeavor and, and such a collaborative thing that involves money, you know, it involves money, it involves bodies, and it's a huge risk. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think I'm going to second what Lucas said a little bit and just say that, like, it, it's it's pretty awesome that this film exists and that it's out there for, you know, people people to see. It's not officially on Netflix or anything like that, but I'm just so happy that, uh, yeah, yeah, not yet. (laughs) I'm just so happy that it's, it's out there and it's, and it's our story and it's our voice and, um, you know, it's Lucas's writing and, um, you know, I know so many people in the industry who, um, don't understand that you need stories, you know? And, um, I think that Lucas and I are, are good enough to come up with our own ideas and we we've started to build a family um you know our, our our own little industry and we the most important thing in filmmaking is you're making what you want to make and i think that's something that me and lucas are doing and something that we're very proud of and um you know i feel like if you if you start there you've you've fought half the battle maybe even more than half the battle so um any advice to filmmakers out there, like make what you want to make, do what you want to do. And, um, you know, just, just be fearless. I I think in in a lot of ways, like this film is not, you know, it's not over the top with some violence or, you know, some, uh, it's, it's not over the top in the sense that like, you know, other films that I like would be fearless, but it does, it, it in itself, I feel like is a film that is, has a lot of bravery because of the subject matter. Uh, just the fact that we made a super smash brothers film, I think is, uh, <laughs> is, uh, brave. It's big, brave. It's brave. It's a big risk. And it's, um, it's so, so specific, but, um, as long as there's honesty and I feel like there's a lot of an honesty in our work. So, um, yeah, that's my two cents. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think just to echo what Lucas said, I think such a big thing about the film is, you know, even if you're super competitive, it's okay to lose sometimes. And like accepting that I think is really important and everything it means to like be a competitor and just, you know, and I, I think that's like something that everyone can relate to in the film too. Even if you don't play games, if you just, if you have ever competed in anything, which most people have, like, I think there's something to take away from this film. Um, and future projects she oh yeah. we didn't touch on that oh yeah i do like one self tape a quarter so <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how her doing i think it's slowed uh, down a little bit though matt with the strike and everything unfortunately so yeah yeah and honestly tough. i mean sam i'll audition for anything you ever want me potentially in but i don't like auditioning and generally speaking <laughs> Well, uh, you're a star now, helpful. so you don't need to. It was probably it was probably yeah. helpful. <laughs> I didn't even know I was auditioning for the self when I read that thing. Fun fact, actually, I didn't, I genuinely didn't know I was auditioning or even on the block. I was in a <laughs> I was in Europe, and I like had just woken up. I was in Prague, 
I just have what a, a movie from, star from... what the fuck i know right <laughs> I know, he was the, in Prague. the one the one time i've been to Prague happened to be this or in sure. europe in general even. wink wink okay yeah um <laughs> Yeah, I just wake up and I have a text from Sam. He's like, "Bro, you're the self." You booked it, bro. I was like, "You got the part." I was part. sick. I, I didn't know I was like cool. Like you're like cool, <laughs> but yeah, then, um, yeah. I think I had a conversation with you, Matt. Too, I was like, "Matt, this is my life. Like you, you can't <laughs> yeah. fuck this up." And he's like, "I won't. I won't waste anyone's time." And I was like, "Okay." All right, you're, you're yeah, the right that person. was a big thing, not wasting anyone's time. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully, in one way or another, whatever Sam and Luke's got going on in the future, I can find some involvement in. So yeah, uh, Sam and I are constantly writing um, and trying ideas. to work on new stuff in the future. We got a few ideas Ooh, we're kicking around, feature series um, stuff. We're just writing to just one stretch our writing muscles and things like that, but also to. Um, you know, have in case anyone ever wants to talk to us about anything that we want to make. Um, so we got some good stuff coming around, probably some new short stories or short films coming up around the bend, uh, either by the end of this year or early next year. Um, so we're excited to share that with people as we move forward with projects like that too. Awesome. Awesome. That was all beautifully said. I'm looking forward to future projects. If you guys need help with anything, wink, wink, you know, <laughs> you got another friend oh, hanging sure. around. Um, sure. But overall, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I appreciate you guys taking the time to share just the process and everything I went into making the self. Again, I really enjoyed it. It was great to kind of have a movie that featured and centered on gamers that wasn't what we typically think of in movies and TV about gamers usually we're caricatured but like that's how we are in real life or some shit like that or it's very yeah. bombastic or it focuses mm -hmm. on the development side but this was truly like again just a really great moment of what it means to compete and be in like be a gamer with your friends and that being a vehicle for the larger messages that you all already have articulated so Appreciate you yeah, all. Thank, this was, hey, thank you for guiding. Yeah, of course. Thank you for guiding this one, man. Yeah, I appreciate awesome. you doing this. You know, uh, <laughs> now that I've now that I've hosted for the first time, like the rush yeah. is real. I get it. Oh yeah, dude, like, it feels good, right? Like, I don't need drugs anymore, bros. <laughs> like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah exactly. And just to go, go say, um, we are, yeah, it, it is premiering this Thursday, uh, the twenty first, um, at the Burbank International Film Festival. It's a part of the comedy kicks uh number one block so if you're in los angeles or los angeles area burbank area come check the film out you know um it's because it's playing it's playing there at the amc in burbank so we're we're gonna be there come come hang out with me and lucas talk about smash talk about who you main and uh yeah we're we're, <laughs> we're, 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 we're very happy about it well, you know, that's actually a really perfect segue to if people were interested in buying tickets ahead of time, how can they get their tickets? How can they follow any updates yeah. and news about so the this, self and your guys's festival yeah. and promo? And in general, where can people find you all if they want to get further connected? Yeah, follow uh, the self film on Instagram. You could find it um, pretty much. You just go on Instagram and type that in. You'll find it pretty much instantly. Uh, we're posting updates there. Any film festivals that we get into. Um, we are looking to, you know, get into more throughout the year and throughout this festival circuit that's, that we're kind of on, uh, some digital festivals are happening too. So we'll be giving some information out on some of that. 
Um, I know this is coming out on Thursday, so some people may not have time, but we'll, we'll find a way for the people that, that really want to check it out for, for a way for them to check it out. Um, so more on that as we, as we move forward. Awesome. Maybe a screener in Discord? Ooh. Maybe a screener in Discord. Maybe. Hit them with the Wouldn't link. be a bad idea for, uh, for the fans, for all the nerds, the TFP people that listen. Mm. Might not be a bad idea. Okay, more on that later. More. And where can Great. people find you guys Ooh. if they want to connect? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at GoodIdeaLucas. If you want to follow me for anything on the self, I also post updates that uh, there on my Instagram. Uh, and then our Discord server, um, Thanks for Playing. You could also go to thanksforplaying.live and find links to this podcast and everything else. Sam? Uh, um, you can find... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry uh, Matt. I'm, I'm, I've been cutting you off all podcasts. Um, that's good. You could find me on Instagram at Freddy Sluger. Um and that has just kind of film stuff that I'm doing. Um, also, you can check out my website, uh, samlunafilm.com. Um, and yeah, I got work on there, some, some of our films and some of my photography. So check it out. Find me on uh, Twitter. Good idea, Matthew. <laughs> um, I hope everyone at this point knows where to find me if they want to. We're like three years into this shit, <laughs> you might not. Hey, you might have a new audience from this film. You never know. That's true. Actually, That's Lucas, true. just now, or I think as of last August, we've been doing this for three years. Oh, wow. years a long time, just as long. The podcast Congrats. and the filmmaking career started on the same year. Wow, wow. crazy. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then follow the podcast too at TFP Podcasts. TFP Podcasts with an S at the end. Awesome. All right. right. Hi, this is your episode. You want to close this out? Sure. I totally forgot how to close you one off the top of my head, but that's all right. (laughs) So I'm just going to say thank you all for being a part of this interview, sharing your love for the self and the process. To everyone listening, thank you for tuning in. Appreciate you bearing with me as a host for the first and maybe last time we'll see. And as always, (laughs) this has been Thanks for Playing. Catch you next time. Scoop it up.